Hey everybody, Rick Countryman here with Here's the Deal, and I'm glad that you're joining me here on this Wednesday, uh, especially those of you that might be listening or watching, watching, watching live. Um, I appreciate that. It always makes uh, always makes for a, a better time for me when I know that there's people actually listening, watching, watching. I did it twice. Uh, watching live so thank you very much uh, don't forget to let your friends know about this uh, broadcast that I do this podcast that I do every Wednesday at noon it's live you can watch it on here's the deal with Rick Countryman uh, live on Wednesday at noon obviously you can watch it after that anytime you want I also then post this onto my Facebook page my personal page and um, uh, about one o'clock or so, so you can watch it there later on. And then it, uh, a couple days later, it's put onto the podcast, the Here's the Deal podcast with Rick Countryman. And I try to keep them about 15, 20 minutes long. So um, tell your friends about it. Are there gonna be topics that are boring to them? Yes, there will be. But there will probably be topics that, you know, are kind of cool, kind of, interesting to them. Now, I have a lot of podcasts and broadcasts that I watch, okay, every week. I have about four or five podcasts that I'm going to listen to. And I can tell you that, you know, about half the time the podcast didn't, wasn't interesting to me. I, I didn't like the topic uh, or whatever it might be. Now, I listened to it, but but there are times when I'll listen to them and go, wow, that was really interesting to me. That was really great. I appreciated that. I learned something about the topic or whatever. And that'll be the case with you and that'll be the case with your friends. So make sure you tell your friends about this. They can watch this anytime they want. They can listen to it anytime they want as long as they go to Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman on my Facebook page or Here's the Deal the, the, with Rick Countryman on the podcast, okay? So uh, make sure you tell your friends uh, about it, all right? So uh, today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I, I, I told you last week that I was going to kind of maybe continue on with worldviews and why they matter, but I've changed my mind, and the reason why is, is that out of all of the broadcasts that I've done, the podcasts that I've done, I got the fewest uh, comments about it, so I'm going to take that as a sign. You didn't necessarily want me to um, to talk about that, and so what I'm going to do today is, um, is I'm just going to kind of go through some stuff here that I've got written down, just random questions that you've asked me. So every week I get all these emails and texts, and then I compartmentalize them, and I say, okay, here are... You know, here are the different questions that people are asking. And over about the last month, I've kind of laid out <clears throat> uh, the, the most frequently asked questions. If you email me, I usually email you back. I'll bet 95% of you that have emailed me or texted me something, I've gotten back to you. I may sh talk about it on the broadcast. I may not talk about it on the broadcast, but I always get back to you. And so what was really interesting to me was go through some of these uh, questions that you've been asking, and I'm going to kind of ramble through a number of them today to answer a whole bunch of these questions. And, and here's the, the first one. 
Okay, here's a question that people have asked me. In fact, I put a number next to it. 48 people over the last month have asked this question or a question similar to this. And that is, what would you say is your area of expertise? Okay, they're asking, you know, what's my area of expertise? And I'm going to answer in a way that might just shock some of you. Okay, because I am an expert in something. And that is, my expertise is in sin. Now, that sounds weird, doesn't it? My expertise is in sin. Literally, for the last 40 years since I've been in ministry, I have been dealing with sin. I've been dealing with the sin of others. I've been dealing with the, you know, my own sin. I deal with the sin that's involved in my family, my own life. Uh, I'm involved with sin. I'm an expert in sin. I understand what the Bible teaches about sin. I know the implications of sin in my life, your life, our life as a uh, society. I'm an expert in sin. I understand it to a high, high degree. But I'm also an expert in redemption and, and, and the opposite side of sin, if you will. In other words, yes, I know about sin. I'm an expert in sin, but I'm also an expert in redemption. I understand what the Bible teaches about how our sins can be forgiven and how our sins can be washed away through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, what uh, uh, I could have said, well, I'm an expert in the Bible. I, I, I could have said that. I could have said I'm an expert in a lot of things. <coughs> but the question is, what am I an expert in? Here's how I answered it. I'm an expert in sin. And I understand my own sin. I understand sin just in a general sense. And you know, how we can be cured this horrible disease called sin. So that may have shocked some of you, right? Okay, so it's weird how a lot of you have asked that question. Um, it, not, 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 here, here's the second one I'm going to deal with, and I've got a number next to it, 37. 37 people over the last month have asked me a question about divorce. Is it okay for a Christian to divorce? What does the Bible say about divorce? And so the questions were asked many different ways, and I've just kind of boiled it down to divorce, okay? So I, I, I will say this. What does the Bible say about divorce? Well, the Old Testament Malachi, God said through that great prophet, I hate divorce. God hates it. He hates divorce. I mean, that right there tells you a lot about divorce, that God would say, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And there's lots of reasons why God hates divorce. But with that said, God does um, allow for people to divorce. He hates it. He doesn't want anybody to divorce. But there are moments where God says, because of your sin, your, your sin is so egregious. Your sin is so horrible and it has such an impact on your spouse's life that I'm going to allow divorce. And certainly one of those moments is infidelity. If your spouse has a, uh, an affair 
Well, God then gives you permission to divorce. In fact, one of the emails that I got, this it was a horrible email about a lady who had three young children. Her husband had been having an affair for about a year with somebody. And she was asking, does God free me to have a divorce? Can I get a divorce according to the scriptures? And the answer is yes. Yes, your husband has violated the marriage bed. And at that moment, God says that you can divorce. Now, with that said, Okay, I want you to know something. That doesn't mean, just because God gives you permission to divorce, doesn't mean you should divorce. Okay? In fact, what's really interesting is, is that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says, hey, listen, all things are lawful for me. All things are permissible for me, 1 Corinthians 6.12. But just because they're lawful for me or just because they're permitted, that doesn't mean I should do it. And so because we know God hates divorce, just because your spouse did something that frees you up to get a divorce doesn't mean you should get a divorce. There's a phrase I like to use when I deal with people who are going through, you know, infidelity, adultery, whatever word you want to use. I always say you want to leave room for the grace of God to work. And so yes, your husband had an affair. Yes, that's horrible. And yes, God gives you permission to divorce. But, that doesn't mean you should divorce. Uh, let, 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 let's see if, if God may do something amazing in your marriage through, through His grace. And so I always encourage people, look, before you just run out and get a divorce because God says you can, let's just see what might happen if, if the grace of God were to show up in, in both of your lives and there was repentance and all those kinds of um, things. So, so uh, divorce. Yes, the Bible says, Jesus said, if, if your spouse, you know, has an affair and is involved in adultery, you have permission to divorce. But the second question kind of goes along with it, and that is this. Hey, Pastor Rick, I have, I divorced, and I didn't have any biblical reasons why I divorced. In other words, my, my spouse wasn't having an affair or whatever, but I divorced. Will God forgive me? And I want you to know, um, there were, I don't know, 29 people who asked questions like that. Will God forgive me for an unrighteous divorce? And I want you to bum me out that people ask that question. Because the answer is absolutely yes. God will forgive you. He's a forgiving God. He hates divorce. He hates all sin. But He's also a loving and merciful and forgiving God. And when the Bible says in 1 John you know, chapter 1, if, if you confess your sins, if you talk to God about your sins, if you agree with God that what you did was wrong and sinful and evil and all of that, He'll forgive you of your sins and He'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the sin is. Yes, God forgives. And that's, the, um, that, that's something that every believer, that's just basic knowledge that every believer ought to have. And that is, yes, God will forgive. That doesn't mean you just run out and sin because you know God's going to forgive you. But yes, He will forgive you if you divorce for unbiblical grounds. Which then leads me to the, the next one. There weren't as many people that asked this question, but it was, will God forgive me if I, 
for the abortion that I had? And the answer is absolutely yes. God will forgive you. He cares about you deeply. And when He was hanging on that cross 2,000 years ago, and He had that crown of thorns on His head, and blood was running down His face, and blood was running down His, his arms because of the nails in His hands, and blood was running all over His feet because of the blood that was coming from the nail in His feet, and blood coming from all of the, the whippings He had taken over His chest and back. All that blood was shed to cleanse you of your sin regardless of the sin. And so if you've had an abortion, yes, that was sinful, and yes, it was evil, and yes, you shouldn't have done it, but God forgives. And, and that is, like I said, a basic understanding of being a follower of Jesus is that He forgives our sins, however egregious they might be. <clears throat> so that goes along with this next question, which a lot of people have asked. If God has forgiven me, why do I still feel guilt about over some of the things that I've done? <clears throat> and the answer to that is, maybe you feel guilt because it's an appropriate feeling to have. You see, God gives us the ability to feel guilt. Okay, We, we have a conscience. And the reason why we feel guilt is because we did something wrong. And so... If you divorced for unbiblical reasons, you should feel a sense of guilt. You did something wrong. If you had an abortion, that's an appropriate response. That's an appropriate feeling to have is guilt because you did something wrong. Now, God, if you've asked Him to forgive you, He forgives you. And it's over and done with. But you still may have this sense of guilt and God doesn't want you to be paralyzed by that guilt. Okay? <clears throat> He's forgiven you. It's all done, over and done with. Okay? But we have the ability to remember, and so in our brains we remember some of the things that we've done in our past or whatever it is, and there are those moments when we may feel that guilt. And some of that might be appropriate, but it shouldn't paralyze you, and it shouldn't. It's no reflection on whether God's forgiven you, because He has forgiven you. And that, and that is a, a, a truth you find throughout the Scripture. So, so why do you still feel guilt? Oh, it could be because it's, it's just appropriate. One of the things I've found is that most believers don't understand the difference between feeling guilt and just feeling bad. I was talking with a, a mom and a dad about a week or maybe two weeks ago, and they punished their child for doing something wrong. He snuck out of the house and you know, didn't come home or whatever, and, and they punished him. And mom was telling me how she feels bad, she feels guilty for punishing her son. And I said, what do you mean you feel guilty? You're not doing anything wrong. You don't, you're, you're, you, you feel something, I get it, but it's not guilt. You haven't done anything wrong to feel guilt. You may feel bad, you may feel angry, you have, may have other feelings, but it's not guilt. And sometimes you can make the right decision, you know, you punish your child or whatever it might be, and yet it still feels crummy. You don't, we don't make decisions because they make us feel good. Some of them might make us feel good. You make the right decision because it's simply the right decision. And so a lot of times what i found is that a lot of believers have no idea the difference between guilt, I feel guilt, and I feel angry, or I feel mad, or 
I feel confused or whatever all those things might, might be. Um, okay, one more, one more, okay? What does the Bible say about cremation? Okay, I get this question a lot, especially when I, you know, counseling somebody, and maybe a loved one of theirs has died or whatever, I get this question a lot. So what does the Bible say about cremation? The Bible doesn't say anything about it. Okay, it's silent on whether you should be buried in a, in a casket or whether you could be cremated or whatever. In other words, the Bible doesn't weigh in on, hey, you're supposed to be cremated or, hey, no, you're supposed to be put in a pine box six feet under the ground. And so where the Bible is silent, you have the, the freedom to do whatever it is you want to do. In other words, it's your choice. But I will say this, okay? Uh, one of the things you notice, especially in the New Testament, you know, biblical days, the body was treated with great um, honor, right? Um, certainly we know when a body died in, the old, uh, in biblical days, they would wrap it in aloes and myrrhs and all kinds of things to preserve the body. We all know about Jesus' body and how they prepared it and wrapped it and all those kinds of things. They, there, there, was, there was great honor given to this earth suit. Remember, this doesn't get to go to heaven. Your body doesn't go to heaven. Your, your spirit goes to heaven, right? Your soul goes to heaven. This doesn't go to heaven. Your, your flesh doesn't go to heaven. It just connects you to the, to the, to the physical. In fact... It's the headquarters of sin. That's all, that's all your flesh is, is the headquarters of sin. Uh, but God lives inside of this body, if you know him as your Savior. God chose to indwell these human bodies with his spirit. And so I will say this, though the Bible's silent on whether you could be cremated or not, it's your choice, doesn't matter to me, doesn't matter to God. Just know that you do see that, man, they treated this body with great honor and respect after it died, after a person died. And um, not that that should, you know, make you want to do anything one way or another, but I did want you to mention that. When you read through the New Testament, man, you can't miss the fact that, wow, the body was, uh, was honored after death. And so... Um, but for you, you may choose to be cremated. You may choose not to be cremated. It, it, you're not violating any biblical command if you, if you do, okay? <coughs> so, <coughs> I'm going to end right there. Tell you what I'm going to do next Wednesday, I think. Because I never got to the biggest one. The number one question I've been asked over the last month or five weeks or whatever it's been. And that is tattoos. What does the Bible say about tattoos? Hey, you might want to tune in next week because I'll answer that question and others, uh, okay? So listen, everybody, thanks for listening or tuning in and watching or listening to Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. Make sure you share this with your friends. Let your friends know about it, okay? And have a, have a wonderful uh, day today, okay? Blessings.